0: Our final question for today is 433. Why is the Christian moral life indispensable for the proclamation of the gospel? Because their lives are conformed to the Lord Jesus, Christians draw others to faith in the true God, build up the church, inform the world with the spirit of the gospel, and hasten the coming of the kingdom of God. For my personal reflection, I'll cover questions 431 through 433 the church has given us these five precepts as the minimum guidelines for catholics to express their solidarity with their fellow members of the church and to remain in constancy in their prayer and their sacramental life and their moral commitment and to be able to grow and develop in love of god and love of neighbor The precepts of the church cover spiritual, moral, sacramental and temporal aspects of showing one's commitment to the church and to remain grafted as a branch is grafted onto a vine, the vine being Christ himself. In the first precept of the church, all five precepts are given in Catechism of the Catholic Church paragraph 2042. The first precept, you shall attend Mass on Sundays and on Holy Days of Obligation and rest from servile labor. This precept requires the faithful to sanctify the day commemorating the resurrection of the Lord as well as the principal liturgical feasts, honoring the mysteries of the Lord, the Blessed Virgin Mary and the saints. In the first place, by participating in the Eucharist, celebration in which the Christian community is gathered and by resting from those works and activities which could impede such a sanctification of these days. So to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of obligation is not optional. In order to be a faithful Catholic, it is a requirement to rest and to spend the day in prayer and to attend Holy Sacrifice of the Mass and spend uh, time with family and in recreation and to not go to work unnecessary and not to do unnecessary work on that day. We will read more about this particular topic in when we discuss the Ten Commandments in upcoming segments. It is also important to remember that not going to mass on Sundays deliberately is a mortal sin and when a person deliberately uh, does that and is in a state of mortal sin and they're completely severed from their communion with God and that is because God came down from heaven as Jesus and Jesus gave us uh, our magisterium, the Pope and the bishops, and we have in them the authority and the power to bind and lose anything on this earth. And that is what we have is the precepts. Precepts of the church are binding. And so when we deliberately take on the obligation of becoming a member of the body of Christ, but do not follow the precepts, we are severing our friendship with God because of the knowledge, there comes certain responsibilities and obligation. And when we get baptized and we get incorporated into the body of Christ, it comes with obligations. And so we have to be very uh, concerned when we have loved ones, family members, or we ourselves uh Do not go to mass on sundays it is It is a moral risk that we are taking because if a person in mortal sin dies, we know that they will be forever separated from God in um eternity, so it is some not to be taken lightly. The second precept of the church is uh, to confess sins at least once a year. And the Catechism says, This ensures preparation for the Eucharist by reception of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, which continues baptism's work of conversion and forgiveness. Again, if we are aware that we are in a state of mortal sin, we must refrain from Holy Eucharist. We could still go to Mass, but we may not receive Holy Eucharist until we've confessed our sins. Even if we don't have mortal sin in our soul, the Church... Requires us in this second precept to confess our sins at least once a year. We know that venial sins are forgiven by the reception of the Holy Eucharist, but mortal sins are only absolved when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, receive abs- absolution for our sin. And again, this precept requires that even if we don't have mortal sin, to confess. Uh, at least once a year. And the third precept, you shall receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. Guarantees as a minimum, the reception of the Lord's body and blood in connection with the Paschal Feast, the origin and center of the Christian liturgy. So if persons for whatever reason are unable to receive the Holy Eucharist every Sunday during Holy Mass, at least they are obligated to receive the body and blood of Christ once a year during this, the uh, during Easter season. The fourth precept, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church, ensures the times of asceticism and. Penance, which prepares us for the liturgical feasts and helps us acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of heart. So this fourth precept, before going to Mass, at least one hour before the reception of Holy Communion, we are supposed to fast every day or every weekend, whenever however frequently we attend Holy Mass. Also, there are specific days during Lent and other days when the church requires us to fast and in the church's fasting we are to abstain from at least one meal and we could have two smaller meals and then we are supposed to also abstain from meat on specific days that the church especially during Lent there are specific days on which the church requires us to abstain from eating meat like Good Friday is an example, and the Fridays of Lent, we are required to abstain from meat. Now, these are very minimum things that the church requires of us, and this is so that we can um, acquire mastery over our instincts and over the freedom of heart. And then the final precept is you shall help to provide for the needs of the church, means that the faithful are obliged to assist with the material needs of the church, each according to his own ability. Now, all these precepts that we read should be done from the heart. It shouldn't be something that we do because of fear of punishment or fear of losing eternal life. Rather, we should be doing this out of the love that we have, not only for God and our um, and for the neighbor but also for the whole church and for our priests and for our bishops and also for our fellow members of the church when we do it with love it does not uh, seem like something that is difficult to do but it comes naturally and it comes with joy and with uh, abundance of our heart so I'd like to wrap up by saying that the moral life of Christians is a far better way living our moral life in our communities and in our workplaces, in our families, in our church communities is a far better way to evangelize and to witness to Christ than by any other means. Good Christian living and good works of love is a powerful way to evangelize And as a body of Christ, we are to radiate the power and love of Christ not only to each other, but to the whole world. And through our moral lives, we can build up the kingdom of God so that it will be prepared as a beautiful bride waiting for the bridegroom Christ at the end of time. And we know that our moral lives, by by living moral lives, we build each other up so that our virtuous and moral living will encourage and reinforce virtuous and moral living of our fellow believers. By our moral living, we encourage each other. We are all constantly in a state of growth and we increase in holiness through the witness of each other. It is so important to remember that Just like how we say one rotten apple can ruin the whole batch of apples in this opposite way, one good person can have such a tremendous influence on the growth and holiness of many people around them. And I'd like to conclude by reading paragraph 2046 from the Catechism by living with the mind of Christ. Christians hasten the coming of the reign of God a kingdom of justice, of love, and of peace. Christians do not, for all that, abandon their earthly tasks. Rather, faithful to their master, Christ, they fulfill them, which is the earthly task, with uprightness, with patience, and with love. This is a challenge that we are all called to live, to live out our earthly tasks, But being faithful at the same time to virtuous living, moral living, faithful to Christ, in allegiance to Christ, we live out our earthly tasks in uprightness with patience and with love. That's my reflection for today. I hope you have a blessed day, everyone, and thank you for listening.